Yo, thank you for tuning in to the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. Today we got a great one with my man Tristan M. King. You guys are going to love him. Dude is a fucking amazing dude, huge heart, and he really is a great mission when it comes to helping people for physical fitness, prior marine as well. So you guys want to stick around. This dude's tight. I've got my story, you got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then look the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you wanna win, you gotta recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left, the winner's paradigm. The winner's paradigm. The winner's paradigm. haven't signed up for our newsletter go ahead and click the show notes then you're going to want to join our facebook group the recalibrated man this is where we're going to jam mindset really talk about how to build that man you want to admire and then becoming that man transitioning it and healing yourself and teaching others how to do the same so you're going to want to join that group that's going to be exclusively how you're going to be able to learn mindset and the last thing is leave a five-star rating and review let everybody know exactly how good this podcast is what we helped you on and why it's the number one podcast in the world my man tristan thank you so much for coming on the winner's paradigm podcast brother it's an honor being able to have a conversation with you and number one uh before we even start i want to tell you you know i love the way you move brother you move with intensity you're quick bro like i literally commented on one of your posts that was heart touching and you made me tear up and cry a little bit uh and then after that i get a dm from you and you're like hey man blah 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 we start talking because we have mutual friends and it was hey i'd love to come on your podcast so honor that from you brother because most people don't move like that and that's something that makes me want to rock with you even more i know we're going to go to san diego get an in-person interview when i'm done with this fast and uh, do a workout as well so i want to commend you there first bro turn the floor to you who who are you what are you passionate about today brother well, first of all, man, it's an honor to be here, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and speak on your podcast and uh, share a little bit about myself and, uh, you know, hopefully make an impact on the world and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about what I've been through and uh, who I am and what's brought me to where I am today. So, on um, long story short, obviously, my name is Tristan King, right? I was born and raised in California, um, Northern California, a place called Chico, small town just north of Sacramento up there. Um, you know, I grew up there all my life. Um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot to go into that, but, you know, not to get into details as of yet, because I'm sure we'll get there, but, you know, I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, right? Five days after I graduated high school, I went straight onto the yellow footprint, so I wasted no time, just wanted to, uh, need to get out of there, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, man, it's been a journey. It's really been a journey. I got, and, you know, I just recently got out after 11 years of service, uh, back in April, um, you know, I had my coaching program. I started back in February, 2021. And, um, because I was able to streamline that and scale to a point where I was comfortable enough to be able to provide for myself and my family, I decided to go ahead and get, you know, leave and, you know, push to where I'm doing today, man. And, you know, I can't see things going any other way. I know I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And, um, you know, I'm fucking excited for shit to keep moving forward and uh, keep inspiring and changing lives, man. Um, but as far as, like, my background, right, like, like I said, from Chico, um, you know, I had a pretty normal childhood growing up. I was a happy kid. I, uh, you know, 
played sports growing up. I was close with my mom and, you know, my dad and stuff like that. We, they were divorced when I was about three or four years old. So, um, you know, I lived in a split home for a while growing up. Well, most of my life actually. Um, but anyways, man. Yeah. So there's, a. What ended up happening for me, man, is, uh, you know, shit hit the fan a little bit when I got into, like, my teens and I started to get trouble. I, I got into a lot of trouble, right, and, um, you know, dealt with some stuff that wasn't really my fault, um, but unfortunately, due to other people's, uh, you know, life decisions, it affected me, right, and uh, here I am, man, so, you know, I started doing some really dumb shit when I was in high school, started selling drugs, started, uh, you know, I smoked a lot of weed, smoked weed all day, every day, honestly, it's all my life revolved around, you know, I ended up stopped playing as much sports as I used to, because I grew up playing baseball, um, baseball was my passion, and then, uh, you know, I wrestled as well, played football, um, pretty much most, and swam a little bit when I was younger as well, a lot of things, man, so I was very active when it came to, like, the, you know, the athleticism that, that that was just I felt that was me naturally you know what I mean um anything that I any ball that I picked up I could pick up that sport but um yeah man I you know drugs started to get involved with me when I was in high school you know I was I was at the point where I was like you know doing lines of coke before I even fucking went to school and shit like that and like you know my 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 philosophy was like you know get high so you can get high grades kind of shit you know what I mean and I'll tell you right now that's not how it works right it's not how it works so um I, I had to do something different, man, because if I didn't, I would not be sitting here today for sure. I mean, who knows where I'd be? And it's kind of a scary thought to think about, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, like join you. Yeah, that's what I had to do. I joined the Marine Corps, bro. I was like, fuck it. I got to do something, man. I So I got into the Marine Corps. Um, 11 years, man. But I actually joined my best friend, right? My best friend that I, uh, you know, we went to high school together. Uh, we did everything together, man, like everything. We were inseparable. Like I literally was with him every day, right? And got to the point where we were so inseparable that we chose to join the Marine Corps together, right, as the buddy system. He shipped out a week before I did. And, um, you know, I went and then I went after him. You know, we actually both ended up getting stationed out in Hawaii as well, right? So he was with 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines out there in Kaneohe Bay, and I was with CLB-3 Combat Logistics Battalion 3 out in Hawaii. Um, that was my first duty station. So I was a motor transport operator. He was a uh, 0311 infantry rifleman, obviously. So, um, yeah, man, we, even when we got out there, you know, we were inseparable. And, you know, from that, from that moment on, I was like, wow, dude, like, this is like destiny. You know what I mean? Like, we're meant for this shit. And, you know, we had plans mm -hmm. to serve four years and then we were going to get out and, you know, do do something together, like start a business. And, you know, like, that's what we really talked about growing up. You know what I mean? And, uh 10 months in, bro, um, he, ended up, he ended up getting killed in a training accident. So he was uh, crushed by a bulldozer out in 29 Palms on March 11th, 2013, which the dates are so ironic, right? 0311, his MOS was 0311. That's crazy, right? And uh, that's, that's 2013, man, there's something about the numbers one and three that are very significant because of that. And I don't know what exactly it is to this point, but... I'll tell you right now, those numbers one and three mean something, right? And to this day, it's 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 crazy. So that uh that made me have to grow up really fast, bro. Really fast. I mean, it didn't. It's what I felt like I needed to do at the time because that's what I knew. I was 19 years old, man. I was 19 years old. He passed away, and he was only 20. He didn't get to see his 21st birthday. Um, so yeah, I, at that point, I had a. Uh, you know, started dating this girl at the time, um, right afterwards, I actually like grew up with her, We've known each other since we were in sixth grade. And, um, 
you know, we, uh, that was the, that was the most support that I'd gotten. Like, you know, like her family took me in with open arms when, uh, you know, when I was mourning the loss of my best friend and, um, you know, we started dating and then, uh, you know, rushed in, rushed into marriage because, you know, how the military is, right. You know, you get the BAH and everything. So it's a very incentivized to, you know, go ahead and get married, even if you're not necessarily ready to do so, which for me, I was not, I was not ready at all, bro. Like I was 19. Like you think I should, no, it's not no. So yeah, man. Um, and then at that point, you know, we, uh, we decided together that we wanted to, we wanted to try for a kid. And, um, you know, I, I, I just felt like I had to, because, you know, I, my friend didn't ever get the opportunity to live his life. He got it taken from him, you know? So I wanted to like, I, I felt like I really just had to like, you know, grow up. So had my daughter when I was, uh, 20 years old, right. She was born in November of 2014. And, um, we were both out in Hawaii at that point, living together in a base housing. And yeah, man, that's, that happened. And, um, you know, stayed out there for until 2015, ended up PCSing over to Camp Pendleton. I went over to first recon battalion in Camp Pendleton, um, as a motor transport operator to support them. Um, you know, I, uh, I had a lot of shit, man, going through like my childhood and everything before I got into the military. And I wasn't able, I was horrible when it came to coping with my emotions, everything like that. And I, like I said, I only knew what I knew. So, uh, you know, we, we were good and all and uh she ended up moving um back to chico because i originally was going to get out of the marine corps because i was going to go into the chp california highway patrol i had already done uh that so i'd already passed the written test physical test and because uh military you're automatically top priority right but i was able to get a uh inactive waiver and it lasts up to eight years while you're still in the military if you want to go into the chp you can do that right so i had that option uh, so she had moved back, started going to school, everything like that. Um, but the problem was, man, is I just wasn't mature enough. I just wasn't, I was, I was still just young and just not, not thinking right. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, freaking started partying again. I started going out and, uh, you know, hanging out with the people that were doing that shit. Right. Because I wasn't around the right people. And it comes back to the people that you're around is who you're like the five people you hang out with the most, you know? saying so i turned yeah. into that guy obviously i was very impressionable and um you know it didn't turn out good man i uh you know i fucked off i was unfaithful i was uh you know drinking all the time and you know it was it was bad dude like really looking back i was living a healthier lifestyle because i knew i knew i needed the gym at that point because like like fitness is truly like what gave me that sense of peace and what was the outlet for me that i needed in that moment and um yeah due to that man um i started going out you know and i ended up uh you know meeting this other chick um back in march of 2018 right and um you know and that was the same time that i chose to end my marriage and obviously that was like at the time it was i don't even know what i was thinking bro to be honest with you it was just it was idiotic bro and um i was obviously coping and i was lonely and all this stuff and uh yeah man not to get into too many details about the other marriage or anything like that it's kind of insignificant at this point i just you know i i i had to grow up and i guess in those five years i i did so um caused a lot of damage in that even treated her in ways that i wish that i didn't um you know and so i i really had to to this day do a lot of self-reflection based off of all of that um but at the end of the day fitness was still there. I was living a healthy lifestyle. I was doubting with my macros. I was jacked as fuck. I felt great. I felt amazing in all those ways, but inside my mind, I was suffering, right? Because I wasn't, 
I was not dealing with the mental health aspect. And that is why I'm so fucking huge on it at this point, man. It's because freaking mindset is everything, man. If you don't have your mental health in check, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It really fucking doesn't because it can all go to shit if your mind is not right. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, it, it pushed into me getting arrested in 2019, getting in a drunk argument with my ex-wife, right? Freaking at the time. Um, you know, not to go into too much detail, but like, you know, no one was hurt seriously or anything like that, but it was just toxic. It was just not an environment. It was just not what it was meant to be. And I was not being the man that I need to be. I just wasn't. And it was all because I wasn't taking care of my mind. And I was obviously living in guilt, living in shame for the fact that I had, uh, you know, ended my first marriage the way that I did. And uh, it made me feel like shit about myself, right? So how am I going to, like, avoid feeling all that, obviously, is I kept drinking. And I kept just uh, pretending like I it was all good. Like, I honestly don't even know how I was, like, living with myself at the time, to be honest with you. It was really stupid. Well, that's... So, that's easier you know what i mean it's easier to uh i'm gonna stop you real quick because you, you're going a lot a lot of points i want to touch up on as well yeah yeah um, for sure man. It, it's that you know i i say that now now that i'm sober uh i've been drinking 14 months and uh, i used to drink a gallon of whiskey um fucking i did the same thing you know i got married quick luckily me and the wife were able to work things out and and, and work on things but i didn't realize you know how bad i had it number one and then two all that shit from my childhood, the traumatic events came out of the marriage uh, and really started changing the way my wife looked at me initially because it was just too fucking much, you know, and I was out of control. Um, thank you for for sharing about your best friend as well, bro. I, I definitely can empathize there. Uh, my best friend, Seth, big ass white dude, he actually was supposed to go to Cal Poly or he was going to go to Cuesta first, then go to Cal Poly. And uh, he died a week after high school. So we literally that morning we had breakfast. We're talking. I'm like, I'm going to go to the Marine Corps. He's like, bro, it's going to be a drive. And then we heard about the one. So we're like, oh, we're going to take the one up to <laughs> up to uh, over there. You know, I'm going to see him in San Luis yeah, Obispo yeah. and we're going to fucking hang out and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we built this plan. And then homie dies. And uh, I was just fucking lost, man. Like, I was just like going through it, you know, and and then, you know, getting the Marine Corps uh, before deployed. One of my buddies um, died of cancer at 19. And uh, the last time I seen him, I was talking about killing myself because uh, on boot leave, my stepdad thought my mom was having an affair, which comes out to be true, and uh, pulls a 45, misses within a centimeter of my wrestling coach's face, which is her man, and uh, a SWAT team goes through the house, ghetto bird, and I'm just having these violent thoughts. I want to end my stepdad's life. Like, you fucking crossed me, whatever. I get my mom's name tatted, uh, comes out, she was manipulating me, took one of the cleaners for money, and uh, it, it, it was fucking tough, man. Like, I was just hurting from all these things that I never really dealt with, you know. And then, as you know, bro, get in the Marine Corps. And I was an aviation ops guy. So it was funny. Actually, real quick, one, one little story. Uh, they fucking sent me to the motor pool one day. My first fucking day, right? Like, my first week. Sent me to the motor pool. And these sergeants there wanted to just fuck with me. And they're like, hey, I need you to go over there. And I need you to look for the Humvee keys. So I spent six hours fucking running around <laughs> looking for Humvee keys, bro. <laughs> Uh, there's so many of those, bro. You got Humvee keys, the Pricky Eight, the fucking yep. I know all those, man. man all that shit. Yeah. Hey, so go ask, fucking go ask first time where the Pricky Eight's at. No, uh, yeah. Okay, hi, Sergeant. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was getting fucked up, and then when I went back, my sergeant major called me in. He's like, "Did you really look for this all day? Like that's why you weren't here." I was like, "They told me working party. I didn't know what that meant, you know." So, uh, went through all that shit oh, in God. Marine Corps, 19 years old. They're like, oh, you're fucking good. So deployed to Kuwait, did a lot, came back, became my own boss, um, started falling that way, you know, and then 
ran into more issues. You know, I seen a lot of my Marines try to kill themselves, catching them off the third deck, stabbing themselves. And again, you know, ran to that alcohol. And this is where like, you know, like we said, it doesn't make sense now looking back on it. Like why? But now it makes sense to me. Like people are just hurting so much and it's harder to look yourself in the mirror and admit to it of all the failures and so forth, you know? And, and now uh, I've only been on this fast, like 50 hours and I'm starting to see things differently. And I was thinking about like when I was a kid, my, my dad used to beat my mom. Uh, my earliest memory, three years old, my dad was beating the shit out of my mom in Fresno. And then uh, he used to beat the shit out of my stepmom. And she used to scream my name, you know, from 13 to 16. And I never really did anything. 16th birthday, we got into it. And then I was like, fuck it, I'll die over this shit. You know, in the Marine Corps, me and him pulled knives on each other at Christmas time one year. Uh, my wife went to boot camp actually for the Navy. So um, it was funny because now I'm looking back on it and it's like, we didn't have that man we needed to develop. You know, we didn't have that man that went into that. And you even talked about, you know, the people you surrounded yourself with. It's not just because of you, you know, and you're easily influenced. That's everybody, bro. Like if you're with people that are fucking negative, you're going to be negative. You're with people that are hoes, you're going to be a hoe. Like, People think that, oh, you know, I'm not like that. I have good morals. Like eventually that's going to creep into your mind, whether you believe it or not, because subconsciously you're training yourself to say it's okay. And people don't realize those things. So I love that you said, you know, physical fitness was your element, something that always kept you locked in. That was me. You know, uh, physical fitness was it. I didn't have my diet locked in. And that's why I didn't have the results I wanted. You know, that's why uh, everything in my life didn't measure up. And really the past six months, I've been harder as fuck. Um, on this 10 day fast, you know, six packs coming in. And it's like, once I started doing that, focusing on that element, cause my case was, Oh, fuck you. I can do 35 pull-ups. I can do fucking uh, a thousand burpees. I can do whatever, you know what I mean? And it was always like justifying right. why I didn't have that body I needed. And I was like, I look big, you know, I don't need to cut down. I know how to make it. Uh, you know, I, I get fucking good PFT, CFT. What the fuck are you going to tell me? And it was oh. just like, then, you know, then yeah. ran into the injuries, which uh, tore all the cartilage, my right knee, back's fucked up, both knees. I need a double knee replacement in the next five to 10 years. I couldn't squat for five years, couldn't bench for two uh, years. So uh, I was looking at it, you know, and it was just like, yeah, you know, physical fitness is something. But two, we need to get healthier with the way that we take care of our bodies and so forth. So exactly. I love that you mentioned that, you know, in when somebody's dealing with all the shit that we went through, all that fucking pain and you're coming into it and you're realizing that you can transform all that pain into that workout into something productive. You know, we mentioned this before uh, when we're texting before we even started this podcast of getting in flow state. How important is it for you, brother, when you're going through that suck to understand that we need to get this workout in in order to become that better man that we need? That's a solid question, bro. I mean, if you read my bio um, on my page, right? I utilize fitness and nutrition as the foundation to overall success. Because in my opinion, right, if you don't have the brilliance in the basics, like we learned in the Marine Corps, the brilliance in the basics, then everything else is like, it, you don't have a foundation to, you know, build upon, right? So like, sure, like, and I know a lot of people, man. I know like, like a lot of successful people that make a lot of money in the successful way, but they're overweight they're unhealthy they're they're depressed they're anxious all this shit right and in my opinion bro you can't really call yourself successful if you're fucking miserable like you just can't right that's that's just not it like so for me how important that is is just like getting back to remembering that like 
the basics of just getting your workout in and watching what you eat, right? It's just going to build so much more potential for you to be successful in all other areas of your life. Being able to make more money, be better at your job so you can potentially get a raise, get promoted, all this shit, right? Like people don't think about that. They, they hyper-focus so much on like, you know, only that, like getting better at their job or like whatever promotion, they completely forget about themselves, right? It's like they pour into so other people, right? And they and they're pouring from an empty cup because they don't pour into themselves, right? So when we think that we're doing we're doing the best we can for other people out there, really we're not because we're not actually giving our full potential, even though we think we are. In the moment, we're really giving everything that we have, but that's all we have to give because we don't pour into ourselves. That's that's kind of my my thought process on that. Does that make sense? No, that that's that's a hundred. And it's funny. It's funny now when I talk to people because I've always been, and I bet you can attest to this. Like, no matter what point in my life, I've always worked out. Like when I used to fucking drink like crazy and drink the gallon of whiskey. I mean, I even tried to stop drinking. My sergeant would pull me out of the fucking shower or out of my room in my rack and be like, "Hey, motherfucker, let's go drink, bitch." And uh, then we're getting faded in the barracks, you know. So that was one of the reasons, you know, when I got married, I was happy. It's like I get out the fucking barracks, I get to stop being around these fucks because it was just irritating of drinking every fucking day and everybody hurting, you know. And then seeing my marine yeah, try to kill bar- themselves. The barracks and... is a toxic fucking place to live, bro. That's for god dang shit. That's for sure. <laughs> bro, bro so many fucking fights, dude. Like it was just oh, like, yeah. dude, we used to have a fucking fight club in the barracks, bro. Like back when yeah. I was in Hawaii, dog. Like literally, we'd go out. We'd go out to the McMap pit, put on the gloves, and just fucking go at it, dog. Like, we didn't give a fuck. <laughs> that was the one thing, dude. I loved McMap. And then uh, I actually got I actually got written up because... Yeah, I seen that. Uh, I, I got fucking written up by... I, so when I was my own boss, I got my black belt uh, as a corporal. And I was supposed to... So I had a fucking recruiting package in. And then I had the package in to go to MCRD to get my instructor tab. And then that was where I hurt my knee. So literally, they were like, "Go to corporal's course," because I didn't have time to go to corporal's course. Oh, you uh, hurt so yourself in the you hurt yourself in the MAI course? Uh, no, no, no. This was right before. This was like two days uh, before fucking going to corporal's it. course, because I was gonna go to corporal's course, MAI course, and then fucking um, yeah, start doing that because one of my buddies at the mag uh was an instructor. It was funny. He actually got NJP'd, and then they huh? they let him keep it. They're like, "You're a good marine," you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. I was always in McMap fucking killing it every day and then i got written up because they were like oh how did you get a black belt because i got i got went brown and then i immediately did black you're not supposed to do that you know you're supposed to wait a couple weeks um so fucking went through that and then uh it was like have this perfect picture what i was gonna do i tore all the cartilage in my right knee my knees fucked up i'm running i'm like yeah this knee's not it's not it you know what i mean i can't push through this so my sergeant major took me off the meritorious sergeant board and was like nope you know what i mean and i was already um I already did everything that I needed to do. It's just I was an E4 and an E6 position. I was a fucking ops chief. So I couldn't leave because if I left, then my whole squadron fall apart. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I left for that month. Everything fell apart. I was working fucking late at night. I actually was going to college too at that time. So I was getting back to my shop like 1900, fucking 7 p.m. I'm sitting there. I'm doing all the work that needed to be done for the day. So I'm staying till 11 o'clock at night and then up till 2, 3 in the morning because fucking uh, I'm trying to do all my homework that I needed for college. And then fucking was missing some classes. So I had to like go on base. Be like, hey, sorry, I'm missing classes. This is what's going on right now. And then they're mm-hmm. like, you're at a course. You're not supposed to be doing college. Or you're not supposed to be fucking uh, tasked with any other things. And I'm like, hey, my unit doesn't give a fuck. They're like, results and mission is number one. Uh, so that was kind of my mindset. You know, it was results, mission. And this is where I was going with that was uh, for me throughout that time period of going through all that suck. It was like the gym 
was there for me. You know, that was the one thing I was able to do. Always My nutrition wasn't on point, but it was like, it was frustrating because it was like, I was always in the gym, you know? So it's hard for me now when I talk to people and they're like, oh, my life's hard. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, all right, you have this, you know, when we start building a game plan of their whole entire day. And then you realize they don't go to the gym. And it was hard for me initially because I'm like, how the fuck do you not go to the gym, dude? Like, that is the one place that I have to be. Like, we'll literally go to Fresno with family. And now these motherfuckers know when we go there that like I'm up at two or three in the morning. And uh, I literally was doing like backyard fucking workouts, burpees. My, my father-in-law had 30 pound dumbbells. I'm using them. I'm fucking recording this shit. One of my boys gives me his gym membership. So now everybody's like, oh, did you get a workout in today? Because I'm like, I can't just not miss the gym. Because that's something that's important to me. And I start being fucking, <laughs> I start being dude, out some, of alignment. Some random guy just comes up to my car real quick. I'm like, dude, I'm on a fucking call right now. Here, go away. Jeez, <laughs> Continue. That's San Diego for you, bro. Yeah, man. It's like, dude, like, come on. You're not, uh, anyways. That shit and then the hella homeless people now, dude. Fuck. <laughs> right. Dude, it's getting bad out here, bro. It is horrible. Honestly. Me and my girlfriend have already talked about it. We're moving. We're moving out of downtown after this, or we're, or maybe at least closer to the Pacific, or like to the coast, right? Like on the water, because like, dude, it is horrible, man. Like I, I, I literally. There's one time I had to walk outside. I was walking my dog, bro, and there's like a side door to freaking walk outside, um, to to the place where the you know dogs go to the bathroom, and uh, bro, I couldn't even open the door because there's some guy fucking injecting heroin right outside of the fucking door, and I couldn't even open the door, and he was just like. Ugh. So I'm like, dude, this is like, how is, how is California allowing this? Like, this is not even safe. This is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's pretty crazy, bro. So, no, it really, it, it is crazy right there. Uh, I've seen it a lot. And then uh, we used to live in Mira Mesa and, um, but that was our first apartment. So we lived in Mira Mesa. They actually raised our rent by like, like fucking 200 bucks. So we ended up moving, but uh, we went to the laundry room and they didn't lock the door. We found a bunch of fucking needles in there, needles in front of my car tire, almost punctured it. And I was just like, bro, what the fuck is this? You know, and I'm laughing because my wife never experienced any of that shit. So yeah. for me, I start fucking laughing. She's like, why? I'm like, oh, dude, I've seen this shit too many fucking times. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you don't go outside at nighttime, we're good. And she was just like looking at me like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And I'm just laughing because I'm like so used to the bullshit. And that was something for me, you know, was uh, we get consumed by it, you know. So I'll sum up another point, bro. One thing that you talked about, you know, on your page, and this is something that resonated with me, and this is why I said you made me tear up and you made me level up as a man, was you talked about, you know, being sexually assaulted multiple times. And then really we just get past that. We don't acknowledge it as men. It's something that we don't want to talk about, you know, especially around another man. Like it's the fucking worst because you think that everybody's going to think less of you when actually it's the inverse, you know, and that's what something that was funny. It's like you posted that and that's something I'm hesitant to talk about. And even now, like I don't like talking about um and it was something you posted that it inspired me and then i came out that day and i was like you know what this happened to me the reason why i said that is because my boy tristan king was sharing his journey and i'm like you know what i don't talk about it often because i put on this macho game and i talk about all these things but i want you to understand why i was drinking so much one of the things that was you know fucking with me mentally was like i couldn't get anywhere because regardless like those limitations would come back so for you when you worked through it when you started doing the work on that end what was that emotion like after when you understood that, hey, I can use this pain and start turning it into a transformational message? Bro, that's a great question. And, um, you know, actually, it's funny. Um, you know, Clinton, obviously, um, he's my mentor and we were talking and um, something that resonated with me now is I realized that vulnerability is the number one way to raise your state of vibration. It really is, man. And 
Yeah, like I've shared that with other people. I've been somewhat open about it, but like once I really just let out everything, bro, I literally felt I felt like the world just like came off my shoulders, dude. I I felt in that moment on like I had just became a new man. Like not even joking you. It was the most surreal, liberating feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. And I don't think there's, it's better than any drug I've ever done, anything, bro. Like, I immediately from that moment on permanently felt like a new man just because I was able to just let it out. And if you like, I, I mean, literally, dude, it's, it's, it's almost unreal. I obviously it was hard to post, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sharing something like that. And, you know, yeah, dude, like, and not to get in the nitty gritty, but like, you know, when I was younger, well, when it initially happened, I, I actually like, didn't understand like what it did to me. You know what I mean? Like at the time, like, you know, the first one was like, dude, I had a fucking threesome with a fucking 19 year old chick and a 30 year old dude when I was 11 years old, bro. And I was like forced into it. And this guy was fucking on parole from San Quentin and he was living in my backyard because my mom was in a toxic relationship. And this dude fucking let this guy that fucking worked at 7-Eleven, um, who was on parole, literally fucking, uh, he needed some like residency for his fucking parole, right? But it's funny because he wasn't even allowed to be around children under 18 years old because he was in fucking prison for chasing after his wife with a knife and trying to kill him, kill her. So that's why he was there. And he was living in my fucking backyard. And the dude used to like come into my room at like fucking two o'clock in the morning. And because he just liked to kick it with me because he was bored or whatever. So he would literally like fucking smoke weed with me, drink with me, whatever. And I was young, bro. And like I was impressionable and I thought I was cool at the time. And there was one time I went in the backyard and freaking he like invited me back there. There's some fucking chick in there. And she was literally like 19 years old. I don't know, like an adult to me, obviously. I was fucking 11, dude. And I was 11. And, you know, like, yeah, dude, it was just so weird, bro. And, like, they, like, just, like, forced me into it. And at the time, I thought it was cool. And, like, now I'm looking back, like, bro, that psychologically fucked me up bad, dude. And then the second time was actually the dude that I, uh, you know, used to buy weed from when I was in, uh, when I was younger. I was, like, 14, uh, 13, 12 or 13 at the time. And, um, yeah, he was, like, some fucking dude I, you know, always bought weed from. He was my dealer. And uh, I went over there one time, and he was just, like, hey, bro, like, and he was just, like, you 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 want to go fuck Elizabeth and that was his girlfriend right and I was just like what do you mean like he was just like yeah like just just head over there and fucking she owes me a favor so fucking head over there I was like all right he's just like she already knows what's up and then I just fucking go over there I just knock on the door and she just like lets me in and fucking just no words no exchange no nothing she just fucking apparently had to do it for him and I was like it was fucking weird bro like but. I didn't understand it, but, like, as we, I got older, it, like, now, like, I don't think I really realized how bad it fucked me up until, like, the, like last year or this year, dude. Like, as I started to realize that I could never have, like, a strong emotional connection to, like, any relationship that I was in, like, sex was a fucking triggering topic for me all the time, dude. Like, I, I anytime that, like, any of my relationships, people would bring up sex, I would automatically get triggered right and i didn't understand why and it was like dude well that's pretty fucking obvious man because i was exposed to shit at a young age that no kid should ever be exposed to right so i had a whole like my my out my in, like outlook on like sex in general was just fucked because of that dude like i didn't i looked at it as more as like a transaction nothing that was like actually intimate or like fucking you know loving
You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, just to give you insight on that. I appreciate you saying that, bro. And that was something for me too. Uh, you know, was four years old, my dad smashed a girl in the same bed I was in. So I kind of already knew about sex and I knew exactly what it was. Yeah. And then I think I was like eight or nine. I don't even remember how old I was, honestly. Was like eight or nine, ten, around that ballpark. But one of my uncles got out of rehab because uh, he was on math all fucking crazy, which I didn't know about till later. But he had some girlfriend uh, when he was with his wife. And uh, I would be there and they would leave us there alone. And I just remember like it was fucking weird because they were like, oh, do you want to play house? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so that was the first time I, I've kissed a bunch of girls, you know what I mean? But I never made out with a girl. So that was the first time she, I made out with a girl. And uh, I went back in front of everybody. I'm like, oh yeah, I made out with your daughter to the girl. And she's like, what the fuck? You know, so they're like, oh, leave the door open. And then uh, we would go back and they would close the door. And then the it was like an older brother who was probably like 12, 13. And then he had an older sister who was like 14. And the fucked up part was they had like a younger sister. She's probably like six or, or like seven, eight. You know what I mean? I might have been nine or 10 because uh, she was younger. And they would make us like perform like it was porn. You know what I mean? And then he'd be like, get down here, lick her like this, do this or that. And I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? And then uh, my dad had a bunch of porn videos and shit. And I seen them like with his friends watching it because I lived in a bachelor pad. So I was like, oh, that's what yeah. that was. But I never really like interpreted it. I never really like understood. I just kind of like, yeah, you, you don't it. know. You don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it was something for me, like once I got older, uh, started looking into it, especially my relationships, because before I got married with my wife, my ex, um, she was cool, but it was just straight sex, you know, and then it was the alcohol to where it was like I was getting fucking faded, um, getting fucking faded and just fucking like that was just it. That was just what I did. Hey, every yep. day, you know, I'd come home. Yep. She wouldn't even ask me about uh, I moved in with her. She lived in Chula Vista. So I actually moved in with her and I drive to Miramar every day. And uh, it was funny because like I would get home and it would just be straight sex. It wouldn't be how how was your day? It wouldn't be anything. It was just the business. <laughs> the bullshit, huh? Yeah, bro. And and uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I didn't get that until I was at Corpus Course and the day of my test, bro. I got so fucking drunk that I showed up still drunk the next morning. You know what I mean? Damn. And uh, they were like, I get it. good." And I was like, "Oh, I helped my aunt move last night. I had some drinks." Blah blah blah. Luckily, I was like 21. Uh, yeah. And they were like, "Or I was about to be 21." Excuse me. So they were like, oh, what happened? I was like, yeah, I was in my aunt's house last night and I helped move or whatever. And I just remember like having that feeling of lying to people and then right. luckily got my way out of it. But it was uh, not a good feeling where I was like, bro, what the fuck am I doing, dude? Like, I'm literally just suppressing my pain, suppressing my emotions. Uh, me and my wife were talking about that. She was like, oh, you and your ex, did you ever have any deep, intimate conversations? And I'm like, no. Like when it came to my dad, you know, oh, your dad was abusive. Yeah, we don't talk about that. You know, and it was just like not touching on these things. And then my wife sees me completely vulnerable, crying in front of her. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, this is a different version of you because I had to, you know, sit in and really soak in those things, you know, and talk about those tough things. Or um, I remember one time I told my mom that there was another black kid in my town, um, Kingsburg next to Fresno. There was only like two, three black kids. So uh, I didn't grow up with the black side. I grew up with all the Mexican side. So I was cool with some black kid. And then uh, I went to his house and he was younger than me and homie was like touching my dick in the middle of the night, pulling my pants down, like just fucking with me all night. You know what I mean? Trying to get sexual with me. And we're like fucking 13, 12, 13 years old. You know what I mean? And I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? So like I slap the shit on this fool. I go back to sleep. I leave like at 530 back home. Never talk to this dude again. And uh, I seen him one time and I like punked his ass and I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you next time I see you and mm -hmm. never dealt with that, you know, but suppressed that. And I was like, ah, whatever. That was nothing, you know, and I really started thinking about it later on. It's like, yeah, that was another reason why I like for gay people. I didn't really like it because where I'm from, you know, it's not accepted. And then it was those that instance, for instance, where I was just like, these fucking people make me afraid for my life when in turn it wasn't that, you know, it was me having to deal with my own shit, me having to deal with, 
you know, what my issues were. Uh, so I really appreciated you, you know, when you were talking about that. And that was something even with Clinton, uh, first conversation with him, you know, I started opening up about it and it was weird. Cause like I said it and then I looked at him like, Oh, and here goes the validation. You know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck dude, he's going to judge me. And Clinton was like, he starts joking, you know, he starts laughing and shit. And he's like, Sounds yeah, man, right. I understand that I've been through some crazy shit in my life. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I thought you were going to make fun of me. You know what I mean? And he was just like, nah, bro. He's like, no one gives a fuck. He's like, you went through this in your life talk about it he's like the shit you don't want to talk about is powerful and i was just like you're right you know so anytime now i figure that out you know as if if it's tough shit i talk about you know one of the things me and you both talk about consistently is showing up and being the best that we can be because we weren't the best husbands we weren't the best parents we weren't present and that's why you know we focus every day on that so for you brother what's one thing that allows you to stay present within the moment every day but also understand that there's reasons why you show up as this different man because one day before you weren't that man that's a great question man very elaborate too so can you can you kind of like can you kind of like rephrase it as far as like you know what exactly what exactly you mean like like yes, what makes me like what exactly makes me remember that I need to be present right is that what you're asking correct so yeah what allows you to be present given that you understood your past failures and why you have to show up differently in life got it yeah um well I have two kids man I have two kids and I'm in a and I'm in a relationship and um i have close friends and you know we have to remember we're not alone bro we really do and um you have to remember your why and you have to remember your purpose i i always take it back to my purpose everything i bring back to my purpose and um that's one thing that i struggled with for a long time i, I mean at one point i thought i was going to spend 20 years in the marine corps right but then i realized all the friction that i got was obviously forcing me to go another direction you know what i'm saying um but as far as staying present, man, it's, it comes back down to that. It really does. Um, and don't get me wrong, man. I'm not, I'm not a fucking perfect person. I fuck up all the time, dude. I really do. Like, you know, I still revert back to old ways occasionally and fucking, you know, have to forgive myself and ask for forgiveness and things like that. Right. We're, you know, we're growing and healing is a forever journey. It really is like, it never stops. Like, you know, there's no final destination. You don't ever hit the finish line. And I feel like for me, that's what keeps me the most present is remembering that is like you know even if i do fuck up like dude we don't ever have to be perfect because no one's ever gonna be perfect you know what i'm saying um and i think a lot of people struggle with that and end up beating themselves up a lot more than they need to because they expect perfection out of themselves right and like if you truly remember like that you don't you're not that's never gonna be the case right and that's just gonna help you continue to keep going every single day one day at a time right um like yesterday i could have like done something really stupid but like today i wake up and i know that you know what progress is never linear right so as i continue to keep walking i keep moving like over time i look back a year like i look back a year from today like i was doing good a year ago but i'm doing better today than i was a year ago obviously and next year it better be the same fucking story you know what i'm saying so that's kind of like how i look at it. as long as you're always focusing on growth and you know that that's on the that's that's your priority in life then you know regardless of even if you fuck up in the long run you're always going to be you're gonna have progress does that make sense 
No, that makes that makes hundred percent sense. You know, and I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, I lost thirty five pounds this year. Uh, my my body, you know, got healthier, which was crazy to say because, like I said, I didn't bench for two years, uh, barbell bench, and I didn't squat for five years. My knee still feels fucked, uh, but now it's like if you see me squatting, I'm on the Smith machine, and people are like, "Why are you using the Smith machine?" I'm like, "Oh, because it's intentional. Uh, I know exactly how I can get the movement in." You know, I'm stabilizing my core. I'm getting stronger. Uh, I can do 225 on fucking regular, you know, barbell and squat. But I was like, for me, it's continually getting the reps and training myself. So I don't need to do that. And then focusing, you know, on the mind, body, uh, mind, muscle connection, strengthening my core, making sure it's actively engaged. Like I never did any of that shit. So it's funny now when it's like we have the education, we put that time into ourselves, you know, and you mentioned that, you know, it's like, you need to think about how you were a year ago. And for me, it was like, I've been so fucking dialed in. The nutrition's been on point. People are asking, hey, bro, what the fuck are you doing? How are you this different man? It's like, because I continually do that. Even even now, you know, started this 10-day fast. Uh, I fucking hate fasting. And I always say that. I fucking hate fasting. And people are like, you can't say that. That's a negative mindset. Bro, I get migraines all fucking day, and it gets fucking miserable. And I throw up every day. Uh, You're allowed to hate it. I get it. I yeah, get I got I got extreme joint pain. Uh, so after I had the arthroscopic surgery, I started getting extreme joint pain. And literally beginning of this year, I went in the doctor. They're like, oh, it could be cancer. So I went through all that. Then I went through fucking a TRT clinic. They're like, oh, you have low testosterone. You need to be on this. And then I go, nah, you know, I plan to be doing other shit when I get older. So I'm going to wait to do get on TRT. I was like, I'm going to get right. shredded first and then I can get on it. And they like looked at me like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to really say this given, you know, your circumstances. And I was like, one thing you don't, you know about me is uh you don't tell me fucking no and i was like too don't tell me i can't do something because i'm gonna prove you wrong i'd say what motherfucker you know so for me it was going down that path and it was figuring out hey how do i live in alignment with that man i admire you know so i i really love that you say these things you know and you live by it and you can tell and that's why you know i fuck with you as a person bro is uh you can tell that pain that a man's went through but more importantly how he shows up every day just by his actions just by the way he speaks the way you lead you know and uh, a lot of us have, haven't had those leaders you know so for me it's it's funny because it always goes you know circle especially when we're talking about the marine corps and the way we had it you know it's like it's always this tough 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 suck at the fuck up thing and then when we can have this mindset where we're like graceful with people you're like yeah man i understand you're just not ready to make the jump you're not ready to to take advantage of that and uh we'll close that out you know this will be second to last question bro but you say it all the fucking time and i love it about you it's like you speak that shit into existence about that client you know who says hey man i need to wait on this program uh i know for me personally speaking when i just said fuck it i don't care how much it costs i'm gonna get on this program i'm gonna just be more disciplined than ever and have that accountability my life changed. Well, yeah no no straight up bro like yes like the thing is man is like obviously the cliche thing mindset is everything but it's like bro it's fucking true man it's true like you have to be willing to like take risks like if something like honestly like for me right when i first started my coaching business dude i literally i had 550 dollars in my bank account dog like I was not doing great. I had already paid rent. I already paid child support. It was on the 2nd of February, 2021, right? And I got on a call and the dude's like, it's a $7,500 program. I didn't have that kind of money, dude. But he said, look, you can put down a deposit of 500 today. And then, um, you know, just start crushing sales, bro. And next month you'll be able to pay it off with your sales. Like I was still active duty. So I had a guaranteed income regardless. And like, Dude, most people would literally say, I can't afford it. Most people would say, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And like, no, dude, like, could I afford it? Technically, no. But dude, that's the eyes of the fucking beholder. You know what I'm saying? 
That's up to you if you can fucking afford that or not. And that's the thing, bro. It's like once people realize that like you, your, your thoughts really do turn into things, right? It's a real thing, dude. Like, and I said, fuck that. I can't control it. And I know that I'm worth more than what the fuck kind of life I'm living right now, dude. Like, I know it. So like, I'm doing it regardless. I don't give a shit what anyone says. So I did it. And then dude, the very first, like the very first month I started my coaching business because I got into a fucking, obviously a course to help me scale, like start a coaching business. And yeah, dude, I made over 10 grand the very first month, right? And had I just, you know, took the safe route or like thought it through or whatever the fuck people want to justify in their head, dude, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been able to impact as many lives as I have today. I wouldn't have been able to change my life and, you know, live in a comfortable way. Like there's just so many things that could never happen had I not took that risk. Right. And then also like when we're talking about health, dude, we're talking about all this shit, right. Is like, you know, I've gotten on calls with people, dude, that are like very fucking overweight. Like they're like, pushing they're pushing their death like their death is around the corner as far as i'm concerned you know what i'm saying and like i present them the solution the blueprint everything and the you know the price to get on the coaching program like even for my mid-level program which is not that expensive dude like when you're talking about changing your fucking life and adding years onto your life literally like dude if i said my mid-level program is 750 dollars, right and if i said for $750, I will help you learn skills and ways that will literally add years onto your life so you can spend time with your loved ones, your kids, your grandkids, right? Like, who in the fuck would say no to that? And like, that's the thing is people don't look at it like that. They're just so superficial about the cost of everything, right? And it's not about the cost of the product. It's about the cost of your fucking life at this point, right? Like, what is your white, your life? worth to you not the fucking program like and that's the thing it's like people like and society does it to people man like honestly they they wire people to think that they're controlled and they can only live on a fixed income and that's just the way they have to live and it's just like dude it doesn't have to be that way right so yeah man that's that's really my take on that dude it's like it just doesn't make sense it really doesn't Nah, and I, and I get that 100%, you know, and I think about that too. And that was one of the things for me. Uh, I literally put it on my story today, and I literally explained it. And it was funny because I was like, growing up as a kid, my dad was jacked. Uh, he was jacked, but he has a lot of fat too. So that's how I know about my body type. It's like, even with my dad, I seen him hustling. And until he was running some shit, or until he was doing some extra, uh, he wasn't getting those results. Why? Because he was a big drinker too. So it would come to the weekend, motherfuckers just drinking all weekend, and it fucks your metabolism up. And yeah. uh, I didn't realize uh, that completely, really. completely the opposite. Like when it comes to protein <laughs> synthesis, everything like that, bro, alcohol completely fucks that dude. Like, and it's crazy because like people want to have their cake and eat it too, man. It's like, dog, stop saying you're about that life. And that's the, that's, they're all superficial as fuck, bro. It's yeah. like they, they care about the results, but they still want to live their lifestyle. It's like, fuck you. You have to live a fucking, you have to live a different lifestyle if you want the fucking results. That's it. And if you're not willing to do that, then you don't actually want the results. You're fucking lying. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I, I learned that because right before I hurt my knee, that was where I got shredded again. Um, was I literally I stopped drinking for a month and I fucking was uh doing CrossFit style workouts in the morning and then I would lift at nighttime. 
And uh, then I started noticing my body was changing because I didn't know about the 72 hours after you're drinking that it takes your metabolism to go back to normal. So I stopped drinking for that. I started getting shredded. And then I started drinking again when I got hurt and I was just exploding with the weight going up. There was no way I was losing it. I literally was on the elliptical. I was trying fucking everything. I was not losing any fucking weight, you know, so I uh, thought about the diet. And then it was funny because my wife went to um, boot camp. I literally for six months, bro, was just eating fucking ground turkey, <laughs> rice, vegetables, a little bit of chile, fucking salmon, rice, broccoli, fucking um, chicken, rice, broccoli. And like, that was it. That was my meals all day. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to keep it as basic as possible because I know this is what's going to keep me reeled in. I also didn't drink as much. Uh, and that was something that I learned for myself, you know, so I was coming to my dad. It was like, uh, I would see this man always in the gym, 5 a.m. You know, he'd wake me up my freshman year of high school and be like, hey, motherfucker, uh, before football practice and be like, you need to get in the gym. You need to get a workout. And I fucking hated this dude for it. But it was like he was so locked in when it came to during the week that on the weekend. Yeah, he didn't do that. You know, and I don't respect a man uh, who can't follow through with his word 100 percent. And that was a lot of things with him. You know, and I was like, I literally said that, like, my family is a problem. Hey, you got to look at your own fucking results. But I was like, I'm not here to cater people or anything. Right. Uh, so for him, he was so locked in there. And then it went to my mom's side where two or three drinks a day. My stepdad was one of those skinny fat people. So can't get any fucking weight. So he had a high metabolism. So eating all this candy, drinking fucking Jack Daniels every day, wilding the fuck out every day. And then they would try to justify it. I can, I'm a hard worker. I can have two to three drinks. And we're like, that's why you fucking fall apart when you're trying to work out, you know? So for me, it was learning that mindset. And like, I understand those people, but it's just like, how could you complain about the results or be one of those people, you know, who thinks that you're a high performer and we justify what we were doing. And I'm like, hey, I've been there. You know what I mean? I've seen both the things. And literally me and my wife had the conversation uh, like last night was it was talking about it. And I'm like, all you have to do is just look at somebody and you listen to them and you're going to see the exact results you bring to the table. You're going to see how they fucking push themselves. You're going to see how they perform. You're going to see exactly what they validate. You're going to see them have a drink in their hand. I don't drink that much. Like, bitch, why are you having a drink then? Like, if you don't need it, then why are you doing it? But most people aren't going to have that clarity. It's mediocre behavior, bro. It's fucking a below average behavior, man. And it's like, yeah, you can, I could justify it. I could say like, oh, you know, one to two drinks isn't going to kill me, blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. Yes, it will. As a matter of fact, if I have a, if I already have a predisposition to alcoholism, then why the fuck am I going to fucking even test the waters, dude? Like, it's just like, you know, you're just being a bitch, to be honest with you. You really fucking are. That's just my opinion. It's like, you're justifying that behavior because you want to have your cake and eat it too. And you're not really all in with your fucking, the way you say you are. That's it. Like, boom, dude, I, it's it. So, yeah. No, I, I agree there. You know, and my point is, is like, I'm a foodie, bro. I like to eat. So I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Honestly, now, like I'm so fucking dialed in that I can have that burger one time. And then that's my cheat meal. I don't have a fucking cheat day. Like I used to say some bullshit. And I was like, because we don't work out that hard. You're not the fucking rock, dude. You're not going to have no fucking cheat day. That's what everybody thinks. I'm going to have a cheat day. The rock has a cheat day. Like, no, motherfucker, you're not the rock. You don't work out anywhere near. You're not as anywhere near disciplined. And you're and you're not doing what he's and, doing. And that's, and that's, and that's, yeah, exactly, bro. That's another thing is like all these, you know, the people that are like just like starting to change their life and start getting into this lifestyle, right? It's like you don't have any, you don't have any wiggle room. Like you're just getting started with this. You've never lived. Like if you just hopped on my program, for instance, right? Like I do, I do say have one cheat meal a week, one cheat meal, because that's actually has benefits to it. But yeah. the thing is, is like, bro, like stop trying to sit here and like, you can't bring your old life into your new and expect your new life to flourish. It's just never going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Boom, so, brother. And, and I love that. that.
know what I'm saying? Most people don't get that shit, you know? So we'll wrap it up here with the last question, bro. Yeah, what would you say to the previous version of ourself? We don't know where to start. We just want to align ourselves with our definition of success. Oh, that is a great question, man. Um, I would say one, actually, that's actually, that's a really good question. Let me make sure this one's good. I would have to say straight up, stay by yourself, stay by yourself for a little bit. Right. Like if you're, if you're in like, because I was in and out of relationships and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like really your network is your network, right? Like the people that you're around, everything like that. Like if I could have just got around the people that were doing more when I was younger, bro, I would be a lot farther than I am today, to be honest with you. Like, because I stayed around where I was comfortable. That's what it was like. So that would be the last thing that I would tell my younger self is be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to be around people that make you uncomfortable, be willing to be around people that challenge you and will not accept mediocrity, will not accept anything but everything you got. That that right there for me would have been the biggest impact because I hung around people that were surface level and truly below who I could have been. And I chose to not you know, get around the right people. And that's what helped me stagnant for a long time. And mental health. Like if I had gotten into therapy when I was fucking a lot younger, I think I would have, you know, avoided a lot of fucking pain and suffering for myself and other people that I put it through as well. Does that make sense? Oh, I love that, bro. Um, I love that on the first point, you know, of aligning yourself to people. And I always did that somewhat at some capacity. But again, mm -hmm. here goes the justifications. You know, I justified it to where um, it was funny, like our corpsman on deployment was my best friend and he was an E6. And then, uh, it was always just having that older crowd of me telling me whatever, but it wasn't living that shit. So for me, mm -hmm. it was, you know, applying this shit, whatever. I would always be that guy that's like, fuck you. And then a year later, oh, you know what? You're right. When it came to this and they're laughing at me. Cause they're like, bro, I told you what to fucking do a year ago. Uh, and then it was moving with intensity, you know, then it was investing in the coaching programs, uh, luckily working with the dude that I looked up to, that was the greatest person on the planet, you know, and it didn't work out because it made me mature as a man and then saying, Hey, you know, I got to take action for me and become the best me. And then now it's funny. Cause I meet these kids that are like 22, 23, 21 fucking strapped on mindset. And I'm like, fuck dude, imagine like how we would have been, if we would have been at that point then. And just been locked and loaded but for us we had to go through so much pain so much bullshit in order to get to where we are so really grateful for that bro thank you for coming on i know we will do a round two in person so thank you my man where can people find course, you if they want to keep up with you brother where can they find me well they can find me obviously on my instagram at tristan m king underscore again that's at tristan m king underscore um, I do have a website landing page for coaching. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can go to www.thekingscourt.co. That's C-O. Again, it's www.thekingscourt.co. And um, I do have TikTok and Facebook as well. But as far as, uh, you know, getting a hold of me and where I spend most of my time and, uh, you know, do business is on those platforms that I mentioned earlier. So, again, thank you, brother, for having me on here. And uh, it's an honor. And I love uh, your, we're both veterans and we're both doing the thing that uh, revolves around personal development. And really, because the thing is, is people need us out there, man. So um, veterans need veterans, men need men and people need people. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. And as always, fucking Sunday. You know Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Thank you again. Yep. Uh, it was an honor, man. We we'll definitely will have that in the show notes. I appreciate you, my brother. Absolutely. Take care, bro. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been an immense honor. And Tristan was a great 
guest today. And I felt like closing off the year, I wanted to end it with Tristan's. Uh, I moved him up ahead of the list. The reason why was because the mindset. It was the breakthroughs. It was the talking about tough things within this episode. Uh, So I just felt like it capped off the year right. I'm going to do one more episode ending this fasting journey. But I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. It was a great year. Let's get it. I've got my story. You got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then look the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you want to win, you got to recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left.